This podcast is brought to you by Healthy Dog Tool. Healthy Dog Tool is available for free to any caring dog lover, which I'm sure is you. If you want to keep your dog healthy and if you're looking for a solution to your best friend's health challenges, Healthy Dog Tool will help you custom select relevant articles, courses, learning and supplements that are best suited for your dog. Veterinary care is expensive and learning how to prevent problems or treat them naturally without drugs and undesirable side effects is the best way to go. All you need to do is to go to healthydogtool.com to test it out. Hello, my dog lovers and other folks. This is Dr. Peter Tobias, and you're listening to Not Just About Dogs. I think today we need to talk puppies again. And I know most of you love puppies. I think puppies are a little bit of a natural miracle because they developed to be cute. I think the species, the canine species, has evolved with that in mind, that they had to be adopted, they had to be looked after by humans. And having cute puppies actually makes a lot of sense because then nobody can say no to a puppy. Anyway, in the next three podcasts, I'd like to talk about three very harmful myths that have been negatively altering uh, the lives of many dogs. I love meeting new puppy owners. And most of them are not much different than the human parents. Uh, The same instincts kick in, the same hormones, the same need to care for them and worry about them. I also know that the firstborn child and first adopted puppy are very similar because they, it's a little scary. People worry about whether they're doing the right thing and it's harder to recognize a good advice from the bad one. Most puppy parents are told not to socialize their puppies with other dogs until they're about 16 weeks old when all the vaccines are done. But this is an equivalent of an eight-year-old child. Imagine that someone would tell you that your child cannot play with other kids, other children, until they're eight years old. Obviously, there would be problems. I hear so many veterinarians and also dog lovers object, but puppies can get serious diseases like distemper, parvo, and they must not see other dogs until they're fully vaccinated. But is this really true? Similar to children, dogs need to be socialized early to be well-adjusted, less fearful or aggressive. And for some, this may be a real dilemma because common sense tells them that dogs should see other dogs and puppies should see other puppies. and At the same time, they're being told that their puppy should not see other dogs. But I think that there is an easy solution and I'd like to explain this. Whenever I am faced with a difficult choice or some sort of dilemma, I ask one simple question. What does nature do? In nature, pups receive the maternal antibodies, mostly from colostrum, the first milk fraction during the first 24 hours post-birth. Now, colostrum is rather clear, sticky, and a little more transparent liquid than milk. And the mother produces it right after the birth. It is packed with immunoglobulins or antibodies 
that are destined or they're made for to protect the puppy against the most common diseases that dogs carry, such as parvovirus, distemper, leptospirosis, and others. There are other diseases that dogs are often vaccinated against, such as parinfluenza, canine coronavirus, which is not the COVID one, and infectious tracheobronchitis or kennel cough. But these diseases are much less serious and also less common. Well, kennel cough is common, but it is not really a serious problem. It's like a cold. Some people may ask, how about rabies? Unfortunately, rabies is different than other diseases and the antibodies cannot be transferred from the mother to the puppies and therefore dogs that get colostrum are not protected against rabies. But nature has it all figured because wolf puppies or coyotes do not really get vaccines. So how do the puppies survive? How do they get immunity? In fact, nature has a plan that works very well and I have not seen it fail once in 30 years. This is why I feel super comfortable to give you a suggestion that will allow you to socialize your puppy as early as eight or 12 weeks of age. I hear some people saying, but, but my veterinarian says that I have to do all three sets of vaccines. Are they wrong or not? I don't necessarily like using the word wrong because Wrong is a strong word. I would say everyone has a slightly different opinion. Maybe people have been misinformed and veterinarians have been miseducated. Are you wondering by whom? Well, they're vaccine companies who educate the students and also the teachers. And unfortunately, teachers don't often question motives of vaccine manufacturers enough. For them, the ultimate goal is to sell the most vaccines possible and they have a long history of exaggerating the number of vaccines needed to keep our dogs immune. Now, for decades, we've been told that dogs need yearly boosters until fairly recently when research has confirmed that dogs maintain antibodies or protection for many years post-vaccination. In fact, some of these antibodies last for a lifetime and if not lifetime, quite a few years. So all you need to do is to just follow the money and the picture is really clear. So how do you keep your dog and your puppies safe and well socialized? Well, when puppies receive colostrum, they're protected until their immune system matures and is capable of producing their own antibodies against the most common diseases. The only time they would not be protected is if the mother didn't have sufficient antibodies at birth when the colostrum is produced. In such cases, puppies may not be protected. Now you're probably wondering what you can do to keep your puppy safe. Well, there are a few things that you can do. And the first thing that, that I usually recommend is to check the pregnant mothers for antibodies, do so-called titer test. Now, if you do have access to the mother, you can do that anytime during the pregnancy or shortly after birth to find out whether the antibody levels are present. Now, if the antibodies are positive, then it's very likely that the mother will pass the antibodies onto the puppy, especially when they get the first 24 hours colostrum. And most puppies do. Uh, it would be very rare that uh, puppies would not get the first feeding during the first 24 hours. Now, if you don't have the information available, don't worry because there is another step that you can do or take. 
you can check your puppy's antibody levels at the age of 12 weeks. Now, I don't really like to take blood samples from puppies that are eight weeks or younger than 12 weeks. It's a little too traumatic for them and it's not necessary because, because most puppies are protected by the colostrum from the mother. Now at 12 weeks, you can check uh, the titer test or colloid blood sample and, and run the antibody test. And if it's positive, that's the time you start actually taking your puppy to moderately dog-dense places. I don't necessarily mean dog parks, but trails and other places where there are a few dogs, your puppy can have a play session and the immune system can start learning about the pathogens while it is protected by the maternal antibodies. Now, if anyone objects to this, I have only one answer. Nature knows the best. And this is what would exactly happen in the natural settings. Puppies would not be isolated from adult dogs. They would be actually challenged and they would um, gradually learn how to produce their own antibodies. Now, there's a possibility that the puppy will not have antibodies present. The titer test will come back negative. In those cases, you can give a vaccine at 12 weeks. And after that, I usually recommend checking another titer test a month later. Instead of giving a booster vaccine, most dogs are actually fine and they do not need another booster because they usually maintain their antibodies after just one vaccine. Now imagine, this is amazing. We are reducing uh, the amount of chemicals, mercury, and not challenging the immune system as much. And at the same time, the antibodies are present. I recommend rechecking the titer test again at five months. It doesn't matter whether your dog was negative or positive or did get vaccines or not. At five months, it's another checkpoint. Again, if the, the antibodies are negative, you can vaccinate again. But if they're positive, then the next checkpoint is at one year. So I'm going to repeat this because it's super important. At 12 weeks, you run the first antibody test. If it's positive, you challenge your dog, socializing with other dogs and puppies, moderately busy basis, uh, no dog parks. And if your puppy is negative, then you vaccinate it at 12 weeks with just one vaccine. Now, you check the antibody test for the negative dog and vaccinated dog a month later. But for the positive dog, the dog that had or puppy that had positive sample at 12 weeks, I do not recommend checking anything until five months because it's very likely that the antibodies will actually persist. Now, the next checkpoint, once again, is at one year. And then after that is two years. And usually I see that dogs maintain the antibodies without further vaccination. So most of the time, dogs actually need either zero vaccines to maintain distemper parvo protection, which is kind of bizarre, but it is true. And I've done it with both of my dogs and many times in the practice. Or worst case scenario, they get one or two vaccines. Now, this is quite different than what vaccine companies recommend. They tell us that puppies have to get uh, vaccinated at eight weeks, 12 weeks and 16 weeks. Now, unfortunately, when they get vaccinated at eight weeks, they will most likely become unprotected because the vaccine will neutralize the maternal antibodies. And this is the shocking discovery that I've made many years back when I saw vaccinated puppies, I measured their antibody test. They usually were negative and that's the scary part. So once again, the, the vaccine 
or the antigen, the virus or bacteria that the vaccine is made with, uh, binds to the antibodies and neutralizes them. It's almost like it uses the antibodies, the vaccine uses the antibodies, and the puppies that are so young or this young cannot really make their own antibodies. So once again, do not vaccinate puppies at six, eight weeks. Do not vaccinate puppies before 12 weeks of age. This is really important for you to remember. And if anyone objects, you can either have an argument about the maternal antibodies and the protection from the mother, or just choose a different uh, practitioner because um, this is proven by 30 years in practice. And I have never had this protocol fail. There's one caveat or no that I would like to make. Some practitioners try to distinguish between a protective titer and non-protective titer, meaning the level of antibodies or quantitative uh, evaluation of the antibodies. From my perspective and what I've seen in practice, when a puppy has antibodies, it doesn't really matter whether it's the titer is high or low, usually they do respond to another viral challenge. So if the titer is positive, I would not be calling it low positive or high positive. It's just simply positive and you will not need to vaccinate. Just a few minutes ago, I said that puppies should not be taken to dog parks. And the reason is not necessarily viral change or risk of infectious disease, but the fact that many puppies get tumbled and other dogs may be too rough or they scare it and the socialization may not go as well as you imagine or as you wish. It happened to my dog, Sky, the first dog, that I took him to a dog beach and there was a really misbehaved um, dog that pinned him down and caused a lot of trauma to not only Sky but also myself. And I kind of blamed myself for, for this early trauma for the rest of Sky's life. So I try to usually take puppies to trail, dog trails, and places where they can play, but they're not too dense with dogs. In summary, puppies need the education too. They need to learn the ropes by receiving gentle, non-aggressive, but clear correction from other dogs. This may include posturing by other dogs, telling them off with some growling or gentle holding their scruff or the lip. But this is the necessary school that equals to the daycare in the human world for, for human children. So, you know, the nature's transfer of immunity is really simple. If you think of wolves and coyotes, they would first be protected by the maternal antibodies. And eventually the immune system will learn how to produce its own antibodies and will take over between somewhere between 12 to 20 weeks, roughly. So I know that I may have given you a few shockers. Uh, the first one that uh, some dogs that get vaccinated at six or eight weeks become less immune than if they weren't vaccinated. And second, that some puppies can actually be fully immune for their lifetime without any vaccines. And this is something that vaccine companies do not necessarily want you to know, but it makes complete sense because in nature, puppies would be just exposed to other dogs while they're protected and they make their own antibodies. Now, the only exception is rabies, and I usually recommend vaccinating against rabies sometimes around five or six months. And you can also use a homeopathic treatment called Lysin 200C, L-Y-S-S-I-N 200C, which will neutralize the negative side effects of rabies vaccine. 
Now, I know that some people speak against homeopathy. I've seen it being very helpful. I do not think that it's the only treatment that should be used in case of disease or problem, but it can be very helpful. And sometimes the changes are absolutely mind-blowing and very positive. I had one dog that I remember that was moving to New, from Canada to New Zealand and we vaccinated this dog. Sometimes dogs after rabies vaccine can become fearful. This dog was normal, well-adjusted dog and suddenly a week after rabies vaccine he started being afraid of coming even out of the house, out of the door. So we gave uh, one dose of Lysin 200C which is the potency and the dog became normal after a couple of weeks again but it took some time before the side effects disappeared. Now, I've seen this happening uh, when it comes to distemper paro vaccine. You can start seeing mild symptoms of the disease that the vaccine prevent. And again, if you do give distemper or paro vaccination, you can use a homeopathic remedy called Thuja, T-H-U-J-A, 200C, and you can give one dose and then repeat again in two weeks, and that should help to neutralize the side effects of vaccines. Now, most vaccines are safe um, when used wisely, but there is no need to vaccinate more frequently than necessary. Now, the reason for that is that any vaccination is a foreign substance being injected in the body and bypassing the natural gate, gateways of entry, such as mouth and the nose. So, you know, I usually compare it to, are you sleeping in the bed? Imagine you're sleeping in the bed and instead of someone ringing the bell, a person jumps through the window. And that's how the body and the immune system feels. If you think of um, a general entry of disease, it usually is the mouth or the nose, with the exception of rabies or maybe Lyme disease, which is transferred by ticks and injected. But most of the time, the immune system has an ability or time to prepare for the invasion and the infection and can respond by creating antibodies very early on. So the vaccines can be a little bit of a shocker, especially when there are multivalent vaccines, the vaccines that have more than one antigen. I guess I should also talk about the common vaccine reactions. The, the most common vaccine reactions are allergic reactions or even anaphylactic shock, which is a very severe allergic reaction that can be life-threatening. If you see that your dog gets or puppy gets swollen right after vaccines or even a few days after, uh, you rush it to a veterinarian and usually they administer uh, some sort of antihistamine. I would recommend not giving your puppy steroid injections because they can affect the adrenal glands and the whole hormonal system even after one or two doses. So it's better using antihistamine and monitor, let the, let the puppy be monitored by your veterinarian for a few hours and usually the swelling goes down. Now the other more severe side effects would be autoimmune disease such as anemia or platelet deficiency or or destruction of the platelets. This happens when the body's immune system starts overreacting and starts creating antibodies against its own cells. That can happen when we give repeated vaccines. You know, some, some puppies, by the time they're 16 weeks old, they get 20 plus antigens, vaccines against 20 plus diseases. And it's a lot for the immune system. It's a situation that is very unnatural. In those cases, sometimes the immune system gets, uh, gets overreactive and hemolytic anemia or platelet deficiency can happen. So the body does attack its own blood cells as an error in the, in the whole process of immunity. 
Tumors at vaccination sites are more common in cats than dogs, but they still happen. Um, the immune system also can get suppressed and compromised. If it does have a lot to do, if there are 20 antigens given within very sh short period of two months or so, uh, the immune system sometimes get depressed and suppressed and we may start seeing early signs of cancer. This is not very common, but you know some of the side effects can, can last or can show up later in the life. And, and nobody can really prove if it is related to vaccines or not. That's why I usually say let's act on, on the side of caution and minimize these uh, substances to whatever it takes to create good immunity without vaccinating too often. Organ disease is another possible side effect. I have seen vaccines mimicking or causing symptoms of the disease that are supposed to prevent. It's not necessarily full-blown disease, but it may affect organ function and the whole body. Skin irritation and rashes are very common. Again, allergic reactions uh, as a result of a reaction of the immune system, sometimes chronic digestive issues, diarrhea. I saw one dachshund, little dachshund, many years back that stopped eating right after vaccination and the new clients came about a year later complaining that the dog is not eating and that there was a sudden change after vaccines. And we just gave one dose of Thuya, the homeopathic remedy that I mentioned, and the dog started eating really well again. So there was, you know, those are situations where there is no question that treatment, including homeopathic remedies, works. And I've seen that over and over and over. Now, I'm telling you this, I have nothing to gain from. I do not make, I do not sell homeopathic remedies. I do not vaccinate dogs myself. I'm, after 30 years, I am no longer in practice. And I decided to just share this information with you because I think it's super important to empower you and, and make sure that you will be able to make the best decisions for your dog and take the route of least regret. Some people ask me, well, could vaccination be seen as a natural? Um, I do not think so, and, and the reason is very simple. I mentioned the bypass of uh, the natural entryways, the mouth and the nose. Um, vaccines cannot be seen as natural because they're injected directly. So what vaccines does your puppy or adult dog need? The vaccines that I would consider if the antibody test is negative would be distemper, parvovirus, leptospirosis only if it's common in your area and also rabies if it is present in your area. The vaccines that I would avoid or I consider unnecessary would be adenovirus, parainfluenza and coronavirus, which is different than the COVID virus. The vaccines that should be avoided at any cost is Lyme disease vaccine because I've seen that cause symptoms of joint inflammation, arthritis, and I saw puppies that would be maybe one or one and a half year old and they would already have arthritic changes around their spine. And I think that vaccine has not been approved in people because it's considered unsafe. Bordetella or kennel cough is one of the most controversial vaccines, mainly because it's requested for boarding and sometimes for veterinary clinic visits. However, kennel cough is just a common cold of dogs and usually it's self-limiting and it doesn't require any treatment 
and very combi- complications are very rare. It's very similar to a cold. If you have a complication of a cold, I guess it can happen, but it would be very seldom. There is one more thing that I'd like to talk to you about, and that is how to navigate this whole issue with your veterinarian. Whenever I give the above information and suggestion to dog lovers, they often comment that it is difficult to oppose or disagree with the veterinarian because they just feel judged. I understand this because the old approach to immunity is very much ingrained in the current veterinary medical system. I suggest that you remember that you are your dog's legal guardian, that you have your dog's life and health in your hands, and that you should go the route of least regret. I know it's sometimes unpleasant to challenge an authority or a doctor who has years of education, but to be honest, I think that most vets don't mind to be challenged. I never minded to be challenged if I knew that it was coming from a good place. I am not here to tell you what to do, nor is your veterinarian. You're the decision maker, and the only thing that you need is information that makes sense to you. No matter what, medicine and disease prevention should always be about keeping your dog safe while minimizing the negative effects of drugs and vaccines. It is the best way to keep your dog healthy for many years to come, and it is the root of least regret. If you have any questions, you can always go to our website at peterdubias.com. You can also contact us through the website and make sure that you use the blog because there is a lot of articles and information that will make you feel more secure in your decision-making and most of all, will help you keep your dog healthy for many years to come. Have a wonderful day and give your dog a hug for me. Take care. Oh, one more thing. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. It comes every week on Saturday and you will be able to learn information that is not presented anywhere else. Take care.